Welcome along to season four, episode six of LOI Weekly. Uh, this is a very, very unique show for reasons that none of us obviously wants, uh, but we're here, Dan and I, we're on Skype. We have a big, big distance apart, probably a few miles actually. Um, I am in Fatima and Dan is on the north side, around about the Beaumont area. And we have a pretty busy show considering uh, the restrictions of what's been going on for the last while. We have Niall Quinn. Uh, we're going to hear from Niall talking about uh, the, uh, I suppose, the future for the League of Ireland, what might uh, happen in the next few months and uh, that's a pretty long audio we also have five players updating us on what's going on in their own lives as they bid to get on with their lives it's Lee Desmond Connor Barry Darrell Connor and Luke Byrne and we also have Alan Reynolds and Tim Clancy detailing what it's like for their clubs and what it's like for managers at the moment and uh, that's all that's basically all we have other than me and Dan and uh, me and Dan have just uh, I suppose Dan we've just started into cabin fever how's it going for you? Um, it's it's unusual to say the least, uh, John. You know, no, probably not as unusual, uh, maybe for some of us that work at home a lot. To be to be honest, mm. so I, I wouldn't be sort of dramatising it, I guess. Um, but naturally, that will change over time, and it will become, um, you know, a bit more of a grind and, and a bit more cabin fevery. Like there's, there's going to be a lot of people listening to us whose daily routine has been completely upset and 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 thrown asunder and. You know, obviously, um, you know, a lot, a lot of sort of uh, worry and, and, and fear. So we'll, we'll try and be more lighthearted as possible today and, and not sort of get bogged down in too much serious chat. But, but at the same time, um, like this is obviously a big news story for football in this country. And in the next coming days, we're, we're going to we're going to find out more about what the strategy is going to be, uh, because I think there seems to be a view from what I can gather that they can't really just as much as there's daily meetings ongoing to see what's going to happen, there comes a point where there needs to be some kind of clear decision on what the strategy is. And I think with this time next week, we'll probably have a better idea of what the the action plan is. Whereas at this moment, it's a bit more day by day. Um, Nobody expects March 29th to be a return date to anything, of course. Um, And it's, it's possibly going to be much much later beyond that, but uh, we're we're back to our roots, John. We're, we are. No, we're we're not on uh, no, we're not on air sport. We're not on Facebook. We're not on YouTube, but we are on Podcast Republic, Spotify, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and wherever else you listen to us. We're we're back should, back to our should, roots, Dan. Should, should I ask you like what you're wearing? Like I, you know, like do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, we've had this we've had this unusual um uh, change this year uh, where all of a sudden we have to go in and like uh, do makeup and. Uh, you know, stare longingly at the camera as it comes towards us at the start of the show and after the ads, which taking us a while to maybe master that act of like, you know, you were going a bit butch harmony in the early weeks. That's you know, right, yeah. I, I'd have the odd intense stare in the direction of the, the camera after the ads and, and then forget to look. And uh, this is mo- this is different, you know, this mm-hmm. is different. It's funny like, you uh, uh, makeup because when I, when I was in Cheltenham last week, I stayed with... Uh, Brendan Duke in a place in Winchcombe and um, essentially the uh, proprietors got back to us and said uh, there be, there's been some damage to the uh, to the floor to the carpet you know there's kind of make this look like to be specks of, of lipstick and uh, they said I didn't know there were any girls or women staying with you to which Duke and I were saying well how, what if we were, you know, we could have been wearing lipstick. Why, why do you, you know, suggest that we weren't? No, we weren't. And we, we can't actually figure out how the damage uh, was done. But it was it was very sexist, I thought, Dan. Yeah, well, that's a, that, that is a bit unusual. Although, 
I mean, I'm not sure if that story completely reassures everyone that's concerned about your social distancing at Cheltenham as mm-hmm. well. I mean, it does sound I mean, that they, they might have thought you were hosting some kind of raucous house mm. party of some description. Um, but uh, I'm not so sure if that's 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 the way we want to go. Mm. Um, Came back to point, a different country. Yeah, well, I mean, I know. And I know, obviously, you've taken a bit of grief and, and um, you know, that, that's... That's uh, that's that's you know we we didn't know at the start of last week even I mean I think I I almost think about it now a couple of weeks ago we were probably making sort of flipping comments about mm. this and uh, probably knowing it was going to get more serious but I think the extent to which we we what we have now which is a a complete stoppage and a stoppage that may can continue for some time it's um it's it's. It's extraordinary. Now, in the context of the league, and I guess to bring it back to where we're at, um, the, the general point that, that that has taken that has given people some encouragement is that at least this happened this year under the the FBI that's there at the moment. Um, yeah. And if it happened last year, um, I, when when the FBI essentially were trying to pretend that the finances, or maybe just trying to convince themselves that the finances were fine. Um, I don't know how they would have responded to this crisis, whereas we now have a situation at the moment where I think because the rescue deal with the government has been agreed, which, to be honest, uh, with government and UEFA and the banks, obviously, um, that deal, a deal of that nature would have had to be, been agreed at some point in the FAI's history anyway. It was just that the, the revelations that came out almost um, accelerated that. But the fact it's been done now uh, provides some small bit of security and what we do have is this situation where um, it does appear although not confirmed that for example the unpopular affiliation fees the clubs have to pay they won't have to, to deal with that and obviously for some clubs you know in the Premier Division 17 grand is nothing for some it would mm. be a lot um, and 8 grand in the First Division well, that means a lot to every First Division club as we know that's not confirmed but what we should do maybe to start off is the, the Nile Quinn we have is the Niall Quinn interview that he gave to FEI TV yesterday, we were told that uh, the press, uh, even that video and, and all the, the press uh, uh, sort of interactions that were done, they were all uh, conforming with HSC guidelines and whatnot. So like, this wasn't a press conference. This was the FEI's communications team did a video with Niall Quinn, which was sent out. And naturally, um, you know, the, there was stuff about Mick McCarthy and Stephen Kenny and the Euros cancellation, which took top billing. But there was a chunky section related to the League of Ireland and, and what the implications may be and, and where things stand with the League of Ireland. So I think what we should do is maybe play that section from Niall Quinn now. The League of Ireland, you know, the aspiration from UEFA is to recommence club football in the middle of April. A lot of League of Ireland clubs suffering hardship at the moment. What's your message to them on the back of today's decisions? Well, well we're in uh, direct consultation with the clubs, have been for, for the last week or so. Uh, we started a steering group, as you know, and we're, we're assessing the impact daily of um, what this is doing to the clubs and, and how hard it is for them. As you know, some of them have already gone and announced that they uh, won't be able to pay players. That's falling in line with, uh, I suppose, the, the national uh, emergency that's occurred with, with uh, thousands and thousands of people being laid off in my own village tonight. The hotel closed and uh, 200 people were laid off. Um, it's it's you know, it's a really, really tough time and we all get that and we're trying very hard to, uh, to come up with um, some solutions with the clubs uh, and indeed the PFAI and the players themselves that will give us some sense of satisfaction in this extraordinary time. 
uh, that 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 you know that players can be helped in some in some shape or form. Uh, but they, there's a big meeting on Thursday again with the League of Ireland clubs, and uh, our, our our steering group will continue to to work and assess and and look at how we can uh, do this. If there is something in Europe, you know, that we can go to, we will go. Uh, if there is something in government, you know, we, we would look at that too for the players. But every industry is in the same boat. It's really, really tough to imagine that there will be something extra for us there. We have to, uh, we have to really, you know, dig deep now and see how how can we uh, best shelter, you know, our, our, our players essentially and, and and our clubs who will lose huge revenues. So um, it, it's a real worry, Carl. But uh, I think all we can do is get the stakeholders around the table make it the priority that it is and uh, and try and deliver something that, that brings about some form of comfort in, 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 a, in a terrible time. And look, the aspirations to get going again in April, that would be great. It would, we know there'd be a limit then to the damage that would be done. That would be something. But uh, it's aspirational and let's hope that um, everything that goes on with COVID-19 means that at that point we can play football again. It's um, It's a tough sort of position, very tough position to be in. Football isn't alone, but uh, we'll work through it as really as best we can. But um, it's important now that everybody, clubs, players, the association, has an open mind on what's next. I think so, yes. I think it's extraordinary times and, and will life ever be the same again? Who knows, you know? And I think in this period, as I say, the clubs have some real deep thinking to do themselves about how the future looks for them when, when, if and when we ever do get back to what we call normality. And uh, do they use this time to, to create uh, something new or different in, in time? Uh, you know, as you know, um, in, in normal times there for the last while, the uh, All-Ireland League has been suggested. There's been suggestions about re re reverting to a, a winter league, etc. You know, um, I think there's a lot to ponder for the clubs. We're here to help. They'll make the decisions. And uh, we, we, we just hope that uh, together we can find a way through this, this awful period. Um, but it, it, it won't be for effort and hard work. It's a big priority in the association. A big step that may help the league clubs and is definitely going to help Irish football was taken on Monday night when the senior council voted in the new banking procedures for the FEI. Mm -hmm. That's a major result. It's a major result for the whole game and that goes from grassroots right the way through the, uh, the amateur game. The, and, and when you find, find the, the, the issues that we're just talking about are so prevalent in the League of Ireland in our professional game, um, right there is, is a place that will benefit straight away. So all of them will uh, in time and really grateful and, and welcome the, uh, the vote that was uh, decided by, by the council members, which actually makes the association feel as if it can work again and function properly as the business that it was always set out to be. That was the, the, the difference, I think. You know, Once that vote went through, you, you know, as, as an association, you can start to plan properly, knowing that you have the resources to, uh, to, to, to get the, the show back on the road again. And, and League of Ireland is, is one of the first places. You know, we, we would owe money to the League of Ireland clubs. And uh, that, that sign-off straight away has given us an ability to, uh, to, to give the club some comfort. And you know, obviously, we would hope that, that in summer and that, that the players would be comforted too. Uh, but again, we'll, we'll take it, um, you know, won't be issuing orders and telling people what to do here. We'll be just trying to assist and hope that, uh, that the game comes to some, some really good joined up uh, consequences together. And that's the, um, that's, that's the big thing here. The football needs to stay strong and stay together. We, we, we have this uh, money now to, uh, to make the game work a little bit better. It's not the whole lot. We didn't get everything. Uh, there's still, as you know, uh, government uh, assistance to come and there's um, 
you know, potentially UEFA money to come too. So, so it will get better again. But right at this time, I think that vote going through was was, was great. It finally, feels like the association can do what the association is meant to do. And talk of affiliation fees, perhaps for league clubs. Well, I think the, the clubs will um, will will discuss measures. You know, with the steering group, and again, they have their own meeting on Thursday. They have a very big meeting on Thursday uh, to to try and, and and work out the future. But if we were to do something like that, it would be us talking to the clubs about it first. I don't think now is the is the portal to do it. Our um, our joy at getting the money in means that we have lots of uh, lots of constituents and lots of areas need to be uh, to be plugged gaps and funding gaps, etc. Uh, but but that said. Um, you know, I think we've, we've said it in the past, we'll say it now in this tough time, you know, the, the League of Ireland and the players are a priority right now. Interesting points there, Dan. I suppose the one you made as well, just in, in, in the sense that uh, to have Niall Quinn and to have this new regime is, uh, it's, it's, it's astounding to think if this had happened exactly a year ago, what uh, the, the future of the FEI in general might have been. But in any event, what have you made of Niall Quinn's reaction? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's been fine so far. I mean, like, definitely the, the main point is that uh, it's encouraging that the people that are there now have the League of Ireland at the top of their agenda. And that's not just mm. on the record. I mean, privately, that is the feeling that, that people are getting. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to insulate the clubs from the crisis that is that is coming here. I mean, unfortunately, it doesn't. Um, what we have now, we're speaking about Wednesday lunchtime. Yeah, uh, so the, the meeting tomorrow, yeah. National League executive tomorrow, and I, th- I think that it's possible that the National League executive will then be followed by another club meeting. Now, mm-hmm. I guess what you know, a bit of a chat on the grapevine will be again that uh, uh, the most realistic return date um, for the league, as much as there's other options out there and coming from UEFA and whatnot, I think that June the sixth, and June the sixth could even be optimistic. June the 6th would mean uh, clubs would have to be training two weeks before that because they're not just going to come off a training ban. Uh, which does now exist. I think that one or two clubs were training initially and wanted to train, but the training ban is enforced now, and, and that's correct. Um, but I think that realistically, clubs can't just come back to training on Tuesday and, and play on Friday. So you would need a, a rough like two-week lead-in to games. Um, and June the 6th is probably the realistic best-case scenario at, at this point. It's it extraordinarily mean, long time, isn't it? It is, yeah. And uh, when you have uh, Premier Division clubs talking about being able to pay maybe until April, as we know, First Division clubs have suspended payments. Um, and we will hear from Tim Clancy about that, because Drada in due course, because Drada were the, were the first club to do that. But other clubs have suit almost. It seems like the First Division clubs are basically acting collectively on this, which is probably a legacy of the recent, uh, you know, Shamrock Rovers to Shamozel and, and all of that. But um, yeah, like April is a long way away. Uh, I mean, we don't know about certain things that are going to be put in place. I mean, there's clearly, you know, I saw Gianni Infantino in FIFA yesterday speaking about a global hardship fund. Um, you know, but but obviously, I mean, this is every country in the world has been affected, affected by this. So you can't be really banking on, on that. Uh, you do have the option to... Um, the, this, this revenue scheme that exists now or this allowance that... For companies that can't trade that for 203 euro per week per worker and that that would certainly help certain clubs but at the same time if you if you tick towards june um i mean i saw derry city spoke today dennis bradley derry city speaking about how they feel they're able they're in an okay position to keep paying their workers but the longer it goes on no matter how wealthy you are 
it's going to pose problems. And some clubs have benefactors, some clubs are fan-owned, you know, uh, some clubs are, uh, you know, need income from gates. Some have a little bit of a longer lag period where they can cope. But but in every scenario, um, there's there's still going to be problems. And this is the thing. So so what happens in June? Well, th- well this is now, this is the debate, and this is what's going to have to be decided in the next couple of days. Um, so, you know, options that are out there would be um, in June that you, you resume business um, and you, you see how long it takes. Um, for example, you see in what way could you finish the season within the current framework or how far beyond the end of the current season do you go on? So could you extend the season, say, till December? Uh, could you finish it within the current structure by removing a series of games? That would naturally have... Uh, implications from gate projections and also from, I suppose, sporting integrity in terms of, mm. you know, you're meant to play someone twice at home or away or whatever. And, you know, that's a Premier Division issue. In the First Division, obviously, the number of rounds is already uh, uneven. Um, could do you scrap a cup competition? Do you scrap the cup competitions? Um, you know, th- th- this is this is this is what's on the agenda. Like, how many games a week can you play? realistically it's like people who play amateur football or listen to us are used to uh amateur leagues and, and maybe we all did it in schoolboys football or whatever play like nine games in a mad period of time not as really feasible to do that for professional players in a weird way and um, it's, it's you know there's obviously implications with that but it does appear that UEFA at the higher end of leagues you know the, the top end of leagues that they might want them to play a lot of games um in June July, if, if necessary. Other options then uh, would be to scrap the season that has started. So the, the season that is just, you know, it is, that is five games new or however many games you've played, that it could just be scrapped. Um, this is more something that's on the table if we don't really restart in June. And what you end up is like a almost starting a new winter season um, that, that, that sustains for a period of time. That's more of a scenario if June doesn't happen, I guess. Um, but it, it, if, if it's possible that football doesn't return to September, then you effectively might find that you're returning to, to winter football for a season. Um, and I know Niall Quinn has mentioned, you know, All-Ireland League and all these other options and things that people are looking at. Is this the opportunity to... It's to mad, yeah. I was thinking that as well, yeah. Um. So, so that's that's another thing. I mean, that would obviously be annoying for for people whose clubs have started very well. Um, although we're so far into the season, it's not like it's a. It's, we're sorry, we're not that far into the season. It's not like a Liverpool situation. I mean, Rovers obviously have a three point edge over Dundalk, and uh, you know, Sligo Rovers and Cork are struggling. But I mean, it's, it's you know that that wouldn't be the biggest imposition. Although Jordan Flores' nice. goal rendered redundant. I was just going to say, yeah, did, 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 did the Jordan Flowers goal ever happen? Did we imagine it? Was it a dream? Um, I would hope that wouldn't happen. I would like to, I would like to continue this current season as it started, but I, but at the same time, contractually, um, it gets a bit weird. I mean, there's a lot of players on loan from clubs until July, and um, you know, people have registered squads, you know, with a particular situation in mind, and, and you would almost be talking like a different season with a big preseason between it. So, I mean. That is something that you, you can't really rule out if, if you don't come back to football in June. And I don't know, I don't want to speculate, but it, 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 it would be, a, it seems like a good case scenario that we return in June. But so these are the options that are there, and the clubs have to consider that. Uh, I mean, the daily task force meeting has been ongoing. I know that the top people in the FEI have been very much involved with that. Like, you want to avoid a situation where, I mean, in theory, if players aren't paid for a number of weeks, um, you know they can they can go out of contract. 
um, and they could be snapped up from elsewhere. But you would hope that we don't end up in that messy scenario. Um, but I suppose that is something that if some clubs are in more position to pay their players than others, do things like that start to happen? Um, the one good thing, the, I suppose the one reassuring thing for footballers, if you think about it, like, I mean, I mean, it's it's so, and we will have people listening that are affected by this, but there's people in, in industries that are being laid off in hundreds of thousands, effectively, you know, 140,000 people laid off, you know, people in the hospitality trade and, and other other businesses are, are facing into a, in a very bleak position right now. The one, the one good thing that, that our footballers have going for them is that, you know, when, when things return, they remain the elite footballers in this country. You know, it's it's not, you know, they, they may have to take some hardship, but our Premier players will still be Premier players and, and, and whatnot. Like, they retain a skill that will be employable when, when, when things return. But at the same time, you know, it, it is very likely that clubs are may may have to look for loans or support uh, that the, the, the cost of paying whatever loans back May lead to reduced budgets next season, or whenever you know the season resumes, I mean, players are going to suffer pay cuts and 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 whatever it might be, and it's it's going to be a difficult and uncertain time ahead. But hopefully, um, you know, hopefully there's a general pragmatism uh, that this is an unprecedented situation, and we have to em- em- embrace it together as one, rather than making rogue moves in, in different directions. It's 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 absolutely yeah. I mean, it, extraordinary times and all that. I I genuinely didn't expect that it would be that long at the earliest until football were to return. I was kind of hoping for some sort of behind closed doors, potentially to ease its way back in in the space of maybe a month, six weeks. Obviously, as as we're doing this uh, podcast now, I think horse race in Ireland is meeting and um, to discuss what's going to go on in racing. And I'm obviously little bit selfishly, but I haven't seen what what's happening at the Irish race meetings. Um, with with the the, the you're, they're not using conventional ambulances, so there's a case that um you know they're using the uh, Order of Malta as they normally do with the racetrack. So there's a case for racing to continue, and hopefully it does. But I am very disappointed that we're going to be uh, so long without football. And yeah, um, it, it's just it's hard. To, sorry, sorry, sorry mm. to cross you, John. Just while you mentioned closed doors, the people just in case are asking about that. Clubs are emphatically against closed doors. That is another option. I should have mentioned mm. that. Another option is closed doors, but clubs are against it here. I agree with their stance. We've talked about streaming and other things. The sums don't add up. Um, so, uh, okay, maybe, you know, maybe would they review their stance in a couple of months? But at the moment, that is on the table, but it is option, an option that the clubs here do not want to pursue. I'm sure it'll happen in other countries. I don't think it's going to happen here. I find that interesting that they, the sums don't add up because I know one club was saying it would cost around two, two and a half grand, I think, to stream. Um, but people being so starved of football and being, you know, obviously loyal to their clubs at a very difficult time, I think, would have no problem paying 15, 20 quid to stream a game as a donation, even even a couple of times. And, and I include people who live abroad as well. So I, I, I'm people are struggling, John. Mm, are struggling. There is that as well. You know, like, you, you, I think we're, we're looking at. Uh, and listen, it's natural that we all look at our own positions, but I think, um, and, and a concern that's been expressed as well is that, um, like, it will work better for some clubs than others. Also, some of our grounds just don't look very good, empty, and just, <laughs> I, I, I think, like, no, but, but I think sometimes <laughs> the, the fold covers the cracks, you know, it's like, mm. um, it's like uh, if, you've, if, you, if you have some guests coming over and there's a crack in the wall, you put a painting over it, you know, like, uh, I don't think we have, that 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 luxury. I don't think it would work for our 
uh, our, our niche brand, brand. Here. and and that, that that's 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 the viewpoint that's been taken, and I have to say I agree with it. Um, Conan Byrne, uh, you mentioned there, Dan. People are struggling. That notwithstanding, Conan Byrne set a goal of four grand for um, his walk around the Dublin League of Ireland grounds, which he's actually doing as we speak, a marathon walk, uh, taking in all the League of Ireland grounds in Dublin. Um, and you can donate to that. If you just look up uh, Conan's Twitter page, uh, you can find his GoFundMe link. I think you have the, do you have the number, Dan, to text as well? If you text, yeah. Well, it's, this is what Conan is doing is obviously one of the things that's been lost this year is Daffodil Day. Which you know, which raises a serious amount of money for the Irish Cancer Society. I think it's can be something in the region of four million euro uh, every year, and th- and that's been lost. So obviously, Conan is doing his, his walk around the grounds, which is fantastic. Um, by the time this goes out, he'll probably be finished. But that doesn't mean that the the chance to donate. Well, hopefully, it's finished, Conan, unless you're you know unless he decides to to go rogue and, and do every ground in the country and you know head off towards that loan. But um, giving him a big challenge there. To, Texting cancer to five zero three hundred uh, fifty three hundred donates four euro. So um, yeah, again a great cause and, and something that Conan has he highlighted. He even put on a Shamrock Rovers jersey to um, to 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 do it. So um, yeah, I mean that that's a that's a sacrifice in itself. But no, it's something great. And I'm looking at pictures. Um, you know, people the odd person have come along across the route to uh, to wish him best. I see three kids would go. Conan go on their on their scoot on their scooters or skateboards there meeting them somewhere along his path. So um mm. yeah, in these times it's a, the, it's a great uh, gesture. So um lovely to see sh- some of the people who've donated as well. Jamie Lennon, yeah. Michael Barker, Sean Williams, uh, and so on. Um, you know, people Shane Keegan within the league and uh, a good old fan of our show as well, Neil Horgan back in the in the day. So uh, we, we we're we're delighted for Conan that he's had so many relations, so many within the League of Ireland as well. But uh, just before we move away from this, Dan. What is your uh, Dan's tip for people to make the most of their time at home? Does it entail um, doing exercises? Does it entail, you know, <laughs> having lengthy talks with the partner? Does it entail? Um, what does it entail? Uh, I, I am not the expert on this topic. Like, I mean, I, I think that we. Um, What's the boy Owen going to do? He can't go to the gym anymore. Well, I, 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 the likes of Owen and whatnot, our producer Owen, um, who uh, you know, he'd be a, he'd be a fond of the the mobile gym, you know. Mm. So like, uh, like I, I think if you happen to have like uh, the people who have gardens and whatnot, like we actually have seen videos of of players, and we are going to hear from players in due course. But obviously, players saw so Dan O'Reilly at Shelburne and a few others. Uh, you know, they're doing sessions in their own back garden or whatever it might be. I mean, I, I'm trying to use it as an opportunity to, to catch up on all the things that you, you've been meant to do for a long time. Books you've wanted to read, you know, yes. where, you know, I, I need to change my phone and I've been uh, threatening to do it for years, but I need to like, you know, transfer all my contacts over and I've decided, you know, make a contacts book, a proper old school contacts book and uh, just things that you put off that you always allow life to get in the way. Um uh, you know, well, there was a funny thing last that. night in that, um, like Leo. Talk to Leo, people. Talk yeah. to people. I mean, genuinely, like that is an extreme people, measure this, now. This is the, this is the thing. Like, I mean, you know, talk to the people you live with, but maybe, uh, you know, people don't really call each other anymore. They they oh. WhatsApp group each other. So, like, maybe you know, sort of uh, ring people Good for to a talk. chat. Yeah, as opposed to like spreading bogus rumors in WhatsApp groups. You yeah, know? Um, Leo, Leo, use technology for the right reason. The of Radcar's, um, you know, intervention last night, such as it was, was uh, it was interesting in that he, 
he kind of you know had had everyone probably a little bit afraid of oh no what's going to come next and i was fearing that you know like I, I was speaking to a friend of mine in iran maybe three or four weeks ago and they were housebound at that stage and it never came into my head that this might happen over here uh, because i just thought like that's the way they deal with things in sort of more autocratic regimes they just like nip this in the bud and that's it so i thought oh that'll never happen over here but last night i was genuinely fearing like how much access to the outside world will we have so when leo gave a speech that effectively was 12 minutes of kind of well, a well, a well-intentioned twelve minutes of saying, actually, we're just as we are. We're not really changing anything. I was delighted because it was like, we, at least you can still go to the outdoors. So you can still go to the outdoors. You can still go to the park if you're at home. You can do your exercises. You can catch up on, on as you say, books and stuff. You can even grow, like go out and grow vegetables if you can. Do stuff that you wouldn't otherwise do. Mm. And also, maybe, maybe you should. Um, Get on to air sport and look for some vintage games to be played on the air schedule. How does that sound? That sounds good. I think it's something that, uh, I mean, look, I work in a newspaper and we're, we're going to have to be resourceful in the end though about features and whatnot. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, for, 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 for TV, um, you know, the sports channels and whatnot, uh, the, the archive is a powerful thing. I mean, you think about how much people love reeling in the years to mention mm. RTE show. Um, and and like you know you know there's obviously other channels have like Premier League years and and whatnot. Um, I think obviously uh, we do have some insider info that maybe the people there might be open to uh, suggestions of anything people might want to see. I'm not sure, like you know I don't think that's set in stone just yet. But I, I think if people have any old games, any games, European games of recent years, you know Dundalk Batty or whatever it might be, um, if if you thought it was on Air Sports, um get in touch because we you know there might be a scope to uh to roll out the archive uh, it was even mentioned some of the old satanic cup days imagine pat dolan and david jeffries and pat dolan and felix healy co-presenting in those vintage days imagine trying to live tweet some of that like you know people are like people are getting to you know in in week one like people are live tweeting some of the most fate you know famous matches of all time you know week 12 Today I will be live tweeting Galway's trip to Drada in yeah. you know 2004. You know, Mark, Quint- Mark Quintless has just put Drada ahead. You know? Of course, Honestly. you and I met at a Galway United Drada game, Dan. We, we did. We, we wouldn't live tweet that. And um, quite sad that no. Jay's Cabia now now of Shelburne, his dad uh, at least claimed to score the goal, a goalmouth Malie. I think it was not Sean Malie, but a goalmouth Malie. And I think yeah. it was the only goal he ever scored for Galway United, and nobody could corroborate that he actually got well, the final touch. But we met you, that you, night. You, you could, you could live tweet that. they be like, you know, uh, scramble in the box, and you know, Jason Cavia <laughs> pokes it home. I'd imagine he'll have a talented son one day. <laughs> Possibly of a similar name. Look at you there, laughing at your own jokes. You've already lost the ball. Um, laughing at your own jokes is, uh, is, is, is recommended in these times because no one else will if you're mm. isolated. Um, uh, where are we going with place. this anyway? Let, let's, hear, let's hear from the managers maybe because I yeah. think because we, as much as we want to sort of move off this topic, we probably have to stay on it uh, in the terms of what people are doing. We had a couple of requests to all of us check in with people. So uh, I know you've been doing the legwork on this really in terms of getting in touch with, with managers. So I think if we hear from... Alan, Alan Reynolds and Tim Clancy. You spoke to them both. Obviously, the, the Tim Clancy situation. Both of these clubs took the lead in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Waterford took the lead in terms of the training ban and sending players home at a time when other clubs were still mulling over what they would do and training in, in, in one or two instances. Uh, and Drada obviously took the lead in terms of 
deferring payments to staff. They're very different in the first division because they're, they're all part-time, so it's not their main income. A bit different from Premier Division. And of course, in the first division as well, there's a lot of players in amateur terms and expenses and whatnot, which actually isn't helpful to some of them if they're trying to, you know, list what they're owed and whatnot. But that's maybe a topic for another day. Uh, but Alan Reynolds and Tim Clancy, two people to hear from, and you did the work, John. Yes, Johnny, we um, decided to make a call on it last Friday. Obviously, from a statement that came out from the FEI and Alan Byrne, Dr. Alan Byrne, and also from discussions with our own um, doctor here in Waterford, we decided not to take any chances. Um, and it, also, I have a lot of young players who were over from the UK, over from Scotland, etc. And I, I felt it was important for them to get home to their family and spend time with them while we see how this developed. Like, if, if other clubs, you know, were looking at we wait and see policy. That that's their own business. For me, it was just important to get them home to their family, and a lot of them are living in in with three or four or five in a house each. And I just didn't feel it was right uh, to have them sharing at that time. Um, also, you know, the, the the players are gone off with programs to do, and every club would give that. If other clubs feel like they're going to bring them in training and sneak three or four or five in, that's their own call. For me, it's more important. Uh, that the staff and the players were all healthy, and that was a stance taken by the club. Um, it's not to be messed around with what's happening at the minute, so football takes a back seat for me, um, and, and it's important to their welfare and the welfare of the family is a priority. Um, like they're all gone off, you know, with, with programs, and like everyone else, we're, we're monitoring the, the work we're doing or they are doing. Just not sure how long this will take. Um, you know, you're seeing statements come out that it could be a few months. So it'll, it's definitely a difficult period um, from the training perspective. Uh, we just manage it as we go. Regards the financial end of it, we just have to wait and see. I, I know that the, all the clubs have met and due to meet again. So we're looking, I suppose, for guidelines from the FEI and hopefully it doesn't take too long. But I suppose it's not a situation anyone has seen before. So it's, it's hard to, to cope. But as of now, you know, everyone's been paid and uh, hopefully that continues. But obviously we see if this goes on for a few months, there's going to be problems. I think, yeah, in regards to the, the club's statement they released and their uh, reasons for it, I think, make uh, complete and utter sense, Johnny, to be honest. Um, we're a small club. Um, we rely heavily on our um, foot traffic through the gates on a match day to keep the, the club going. and. The club aren't in a position of uh, it's not a per, per, it's a preventative measure rather than a, um, action taken out of desperation. Um, I think we're trying to minimise the damage that could happen to the club should there be um, long term or extended uh, breaks from football. So listen, um, all the players are completely understanding of, of the situation. Uh, we're in a little bit of a different position to some of the Premier Division clubs and. Um, who obviously it's our, uh, their player's sole uh, or main source of their income um, so that's a little bit different our players are part-time and none of us um, rely on draw the wage to uh, keep themselves going from, from week to week so uh, it's slightly better for us in that, in that regards but listen it's not easy at any stage for anyone um, uh, payment getting stopped but it's unprecedented times that um, a situation like this has occurred and I think we have to be uh, aware of the, the greater outlook on on, on uh, the situation in the country, and I think stopping payment for a League of Ireland club for a few weeks until it's back on track, I don't think it's the biggest thing in the world, to be honest.
obviously at the minute we've no contact with the players in regards to physical contact and um, we're very very much restricted in what we can do um, we've sent out a program to the players that they can do based uh, body waste exercises based in the house and uh, obviously we've given them runs to do as well and, um, the physios making sure all the GPS systems uh, are with the players and they have their apps to download uh, their workouts and send it on to the physio just to keep progress and what, what uh, physical condition that they're in so um, but no listen again it might sound uh, a bit dramatic around but in the in terms of the overall situation in the country and across Europe and even the world uh, I think the League of Ireland season and the fitness of Charlie United players and other first division of Premier Division players is uh, fairly low on the pecking order of uh, important things at this time just hoping that the ideal solution for uh, the situation is that if clubs do continue to pay their players and um, are in a position that they, they can and um, come to come the time where this episode and absolute crisis passes that uh, we've 20 healthy League of Ireland clubs and um, all ready to get back to um, playing football and as soon as possible so um, but listen we follow the protocols from the government and obviously uh, the FBI as well in regards to the, um, what measures to take and when uh, we can engage in training and then obviously uh, games again in the future but again listen it's it's take a back seat now and get through it and hopefully um, there's a limited loss of life and uh, I think obviously football has to, has to really understand where we are at the minute and, Waiting, write this, write this episode out. Yeah, um, I, you'd have to laud the two lads. Uh, in fairness to um, Tim, you know, as uh, Tim is speaking from the perspective of the club, Dan. Despite the fact he's an employee of the club as well, who has to get paid, and uh, I have to laud him. Um, he was kind of uh, a little bit frantic about how he's going to manage with his four kids and his wife uh, for the next two years as well, without getting out of the house. But uh, you know, in fairness to him and Watford, uh, I got to laud them for what they've done. And and Watford's taking that initial step was with with regard to their own players. I thought was uh, I think they're both in the right place. To be honest, what do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, is that a cop? I, 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 that, that was a cop. It wasn't for me. Oh, we we heard a cough, else. a phantom cough in the background there. Anyway, oh, yeah. uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't for me. Mm. Um, you'd be more. I'd say if we were to price up our, our chances, you'd be probably one to three favoured after some of your Gallivant, and I'd be a, an outsider or two. But uh, after Cheltenham, Gallivant, as in do my work for four days. Well, we were just having a discussion. I know, listen, I respect your right to do your work, but we were just having a discussion off air about a, a, some commentator in a match, and you were like, oh, I think I met him in Cheltenham last week. I'd be slightly worried about the extent to which you were meeting people. But listen, that was Tuesday. You're, you're, Again, there's so much after time going on here. That was Tuesday. <laughs> after, that was like Tuesday at about 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah, but you're still Actually, here, it, it, just on that, right? Here's one for the, li- for the listeners, and it is listeners this week. Who was the commentator when Shamrock Rovers played uh, Belgrade, in Belgrade and got that famous win? Who was the commentator for Aerosport? Because this is an obscure one. I think I know the answer, but I'm not 100% sure. I think his name was, I thought his name was Nigel something. But, um, Ooh, you could my, be right. Uh, I thought it was Nigel, but I can't, I can't think of his surname. Um, Good one for, uh, for fans why, out there. Why yeah. do I have Nigel Bidmead in my head, yeah. or is he one of the? Yeah, I thought of him as well, but it, is, he, is, 
is he one of the guys who Here's just one uh, for you, Dan. Who was co-commentator that evening? Because I do remember that. Oh, oh. Adam Matthews. Yes. Now we're St. Patrick's Athletic, of course. It was Nigel. As, but, Nigel Stephen O'Donnell, who was uh, the, the, the player who got the, the vital goal that night. Did they ever know nine years on? But um, well, they make fans for Nigel. Yeah, no, but Nigel bit me. I've actually managed to look it up here, but I'm, I'm pretty happy we remembered that without cheating. History, but, maybe, but anyway, let, let, let's move on. I, I think in terms of the, the stance that the clubs have taken, the first division clubs have taken, yeah, I mean, I know there was a view that maybe they, they should have told the players first, uh, and I, I, I would probably agree with that, but... Um, you know, the first division clubs are slightly different to the full-time operations. That the first division plan seems to be that, you know, we want to have our money for whenever the season goes, even if we have to extend the season. Now, obviously, mm. if it turns out that this season is scrapped, then there's going to be more spotlight on how clubs treat players and their contracts and, and whatnot. But uh, where we are now, it's hard to begrudge them. In terms of the training band stuff and uh, Alan Reynolds' approach to it, it's yeah, it's very sensible, I think. But uh, you, we will hear from some players, maybe. We'll be to see what they what they're up to. Um, you, uh, you were doing the old WhatsApp audio. Yeah. So here are some of the players from around the league, just detailing what they're doing with their knives as uh, this coronavirus really hits in. Starting off with Lee Desmond of St Patrick's Athletic. Hey lads. So basically, the situation at St Pat's is we have an app. And we record our runs on the app so all the coaches can see the work that we're doing. Obviously, it's not ideal. There's a lot more to football than just doing runs, but um, it's the best thing to do in a bad situation. Uh, we had a plan where we were going to go in and do one-on-one sessions. Uh, each player would go in one-on-one session with a coach, but uh, that turned out that it turned out that that couldn't happen as well. So, you know, you're missing out on lots of other side of the games, like um, like your gym work and obviously all the technical stuff as well. But it's the best thing to do in a bad situation. Everyone's in the same boat and, you know, hopefully it clears up soon and we can just get back to it because we've worked very hard to get to where we are at the minute. It's Galway United in the form of Conor Barry. Yeah, look, the next few weeks are going to be very tough. It's... Um... It's going to be difficult with no collective training and no uh, no game at the end of the week, um, and a lot of onus on, your, on yourself and, and the individual to go out and do their own and uh, their own bit of training. Um, you know, so it is going to be tough, and you know it's important that we try and stay motivated and, and try and stay fit um, during this period because you don't know when the when the season's going to return um, you know when it's going to be safe to return so yeah it's important to keep yourself taking over um, from a personal point of view with the with, with keeping busy as well you know it's it's, it's great that I have my 9 to 5 job still um, the place is still open with obviously uh, alterations done to it with scheduled times and zones done out and different things like that that you don't and aren't interacting with with people. You know, all our meetings are done through Microsoft Teams now, and and everything's gone a lot tech based, um, which is great. So you're limiting your interaction. Um, so yeah, I still have that um, in the medical device company here, and you know it's great that you're kind of not involved and not kind of looking at social media during during the day as such and. You're kind of removing yourself away from the whole COVID-19 and and um, 
Yeah, so that's how I'm kind of keeping myself busy for the next few weeks, and and hopefully it, it, it remains at that. And you know, then the evening times, then I'll go home and get a bite to eat and and go and do my individual training. Do you know, I'm I'm lucky in a sense. I plenty of pitches around where where I live in in Galway and um, plenty of roads as well. You know, so I can mix it up between endurance running and and short sharp stuff as such. Um, so yeah, it's just about staying motivated and 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 doing keep doing so for the next few weeks and yeah look hopefully hopefully we'll return we will all return uh, safely and and sooner rather than later um that may that be the case how's it going lads Dara connor here from uh quirks of the fc i've been back up in wicklow with the family since uh last thursday since we all got kind of told to head home and just self-isolate as they're saying nowadays but uh, it nearly feels like a mid-season break, to be honest with you all, going from playing every week to suddenly no training or anything for a while. But um, obviously we know we could be brought back in soon, hopefully if all goes well, and I'm sure everyone's in the same boat where they don't want to be left behind fitness-wise. So Joe Gamble, our strength conditioning coach, to be fair, has, uh, has been fairly active in our WhatsApp group, making sure we, we get, our, get our stuff done, be it be in the back garden with the football or in the, in the house doing your own kind of makeshift gym work, or if, even better if we've access to a pitch. So we've kind of individualised our programmes that way, which has been good. And uh, hopefully we're not in the, the the worst of shape, as I say, when we come back. But uh, that aside, I've been just relaxing and sprucing up my FIFA skills now that I've found myself involved in two online FIFA competitions run by ExtraTime.e and uh, Leighton Orient. So it's kind of a good way to pass time and keep the fans active in, in, in football in some capacity, be it virtually. But uh, I'm not entirely sure I've been nominated for that one, but I'll do my best not to let them down. Uh Gaming aside, I suppose I found myself down in LB Sports at the weekend looking for, for looking for a football to uh, kick around with again. It's really like being a kid in a way, doing one-twos at the wall, a few keepy-uppies here and there. But uh, you you lose the itch. You don't lose that itch to kick a football around. And granted, we're not training. You just want to kind of keep ticking over. So, uh, yeah, boys, that's it. I hope everyone's keeping well, keeping sane. And like the rest of you, I can't wait to get back to some normality. Thanks very much, guys. How are you, lads? Luke Byrne here. Hope you're keeping well. Yeah, look, none of us um, have obviously experienced anything like it or were prepared for it, so it's a very surreal situation. And just like everybody else, League of Ireland footballers are just kind of rolling with it and see where it goes day to day. Um, the March 29 um, guideline for coming back um, and getting the league resumed seems like quite unrealistic at the moment, uh, going by what you read and hear and stuff. Um, from our point of view of shells, uh, obviously immediate, like the immediate thing that was done was training and the match the next day were called off at home to Waterford. Um, the club then updated us basically on what had been communicated to them from the FAI. Um, where that would leave us, we were assured that we'd be paid um, during this period. Uh, we were given um, training programs, strength conditioning and running programs and we had to go and collect our GPS vests and chargers and pods and that and we were given, you know, like I said, detailed programs day to day to do and the staff can log on and look at the live data of what we're doing so there's no hiding place and um, it's important that as players we keep our head down and just try and stay in as good condition as we can for when the league does resume, however long however long away that may be. Um, obviously, the longer it goes on, the more frustrated and difficult it is to get motivated. But 
On the other hand, there's not much else to do at the moment, I suppose, than go out for a run or something like that because, because of the situation. Um, taking away the football, it's obviously quite worrying, you know. I mean, a lot of people depend on the league for their livelihood and people have families and stuff like that and people depend on the money that comes in from the league and the longer this goes on, it's understandable that there's going to be more strain put on clubs and uh, I saw Jordan the other day release a statement and... I'd be shocked if there wasn't more like that to come over the next while. Um, please God, the PFEI continue doing what they're doing and along with the FEI, get some sort of a guarantee from UEFA. I know that was floated and is a, is a possibility, but I, I wouldn't know the ins and outs of it. Um, you've just got to hope something like that comes into play now and um, we can get through this period, really. Uh, of course, Dan, Luke Byrne, I mean, his dad's a very accomplished um, musician, as far as I know. What does he play, the guitar or something? He's, he's definitely uh, a lad that you could just basically go into the, the go into the car park with or go wherever you want and just play tunes. The man, the man, the man is the dude. Sorry, did you, did you just suggest that you would like to go into a car park with Luke Byrne? I mean, um, listen, these are times, John... I meant garage, actually. <laughs> um... <laughs> uh, garage or car park or whatever but Luke, Luke Burns dad he does play the drums and the guitar for Antua Nua um, so Luke he could just uh, do a bit of jamming with him Dan I mean what League of Ireland players yeah, do you yeah, want yeah, to be well, in a car park we, with yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> yeah I'm not sure if we should encourage our listeners John to, to go to car parks with League of Ireland players but like you know at the same Those time maybe well, maybe if you yeah, if you obviously parked nearby and shouted out the window at them you know that could yeah. be it could be an acceptable activity. And Luke but, can play um, himself. Yeah, yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's an all-rounder, you mm. know. Um, and and in, again, in these times of need, you, you need someone with more than one strength to their bow, so to speak, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Are but, we um, ever going to finish this, sir? Well, I don't know. Uh, you've slightly thrown me by suggesting that someone would be a good man to go to a car park with. But let's move on to, maybe let's move on to listeners' questions at this point then and, 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 and try and forget that happened. Um, because we, because obviously, um, you know, boredom is kicking in for a lot of people, and there's there's a couple here. I mean, we don't even know what we're going to do going forward, but um, you know, we might return to some of these topics if we do do another um uh, crisis pod of some some description. Um, mm. see, we had one, for example, about uh, I'm just trying to look through the list here. Declan Clancy had pick your respective 11s for a team of the century so far. Now, I think we need a bit of thinking time to go through that. Yeah. I'm not sure if we could like freestyle through a, a team of the century because I started thinking about it when I saw Declan's thing. I was like, I got to right full. I had Owen Heary and I had Sean Gannon. Mm. Then I had, well, hang on, do you include Seamus Coleman or Matt Doherty? It's like, no, they didn't play in the league for long enough. Yes. Or, I mean, they're all really in Doherty. It has to be on the basis of their time. Do you include Ender Stevens at left full on the same basis? Like, was yeah. he good enough in his time in the league? Or is it now because he's one of the best players yeah. in his position in England? All fair. Um, that's a fair point. Um, we had Oseb, uh, who just he basically requested any stories about foreign players in the LOI past and present. Again, hopefully not involving car parks. I think of a few mm. players who had a slightly uh, reputation for nefarious activity. We probably shouldn't go down that road. Uh, any particular stories about foreign players in the LOI? We also, we had Rodrigo Tossi. He was one of our first uh, interviews in the pod, wasn't he? Uh, the yeah. Brazilian and Limerick. 
Yeah, um, I, I remember um I remember a player um at a game one time coming off the pitch after a big game and hailing one of the fans for the really nice uh, weed that he'd given him a few weeks previously. So that was that was lovely. Um and it was like he was buzzing off the game. He's like, Oh man, that was that was so nice that stuff you gave me. I was like, oh, what a great league this is. True story, Dan. Uh, Eric O'Brien asked us if fans want to support their local clubs for now during this period what can they do to contribute buy jerseys club lotto yeah I mean it's, it's a valid point I think, I think different clubs will have different uh, approaches to that and um, you know some clubs are still pushing their club lotto I think Sligo Rovers and others but anyone that's listening we're, we're, all, we're always uh, open any club that's listening we're, we're open to hearing any suggestions um, Kieran the Irish Kieran asked us how can the LOI bring down the 28% of total revenue from gate receipts Um it's a good point, but I mean, this is the general point going forward. I mean, we, we, you know, there's, there's, there's TV deals and commercial streams of revenue and, and, and being resourceful in terms of, uh, you know, your branding and your commercial work. But I, I, I still think that in the foreseeable future, our league is going to rely on gate receipts. So yes, um, that's why we're so vulnerable to, 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 to things like this. I mean, obviously clubs that have done more work on season ticket sales, um, they're probably in a better position. But at the same time, they also have to, you know, give value for money to those people that have bought them if their season is cut in half. So that money doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, they have the money in the bank, but they may have to provide some kind of refund down the line. Um, so yeah. that's an option. Yeah, um, obviously there's just going to have to be a massive global response to to all of this. At least, I suppose, interest rates are so low that uh, governments can kind of, they can borrow money at low rates and all that. But it it, it, it is... It is one of these once in a nearly 100 years type things, Dan, which is, is really weird because, you know, we're, we're probably entering into another global recession. That hasn't even been mentioned. Um, there are probably going to be a load of um, divorces coming out of the uh, coming out mm. of the time spent together and uh, maybe a baby boon in nine months' time as well. All this stuff that we just haven't had time to think of. But have you, have you like, social... Have you kind of just uh, purposely stayed away from your parents or is there some is there stuff that you just wouldn't do at the moment? Yeah, like I mean, I'm, I'm definitely I'm I'm sort of working off a very small pool of people who I'll, mm. who who I'm going to be seeing, and that's it. And um, like the way I approach it, like my parents would have had some visitors in the last couple of days, so uh, I'm going to sort of wait, you know, five six days, whatever the acceptable point is, see if everyone's okay, and then hopefully be able to go up and and see them, you know, like and that and that's um, again, like you know. Obviously, you know, I've spoken to some people whose parents are obviously the other side of um, of eighty, and and you know, there's obviously different precaution. You know, again, mm. we have people listening to this who have got kids, and I know I know some people with kids are obviously more conscious of 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 reducing their network because you know kids could be vectors. So, um, that's one thing we're, we're sort of veering back into um, where we're at. But this is a Dennis O'Connor sent in the question, which I think is a good question, and. Um, do you think there'll be a big increase in attendances when this is over due to the lack of football being played? Uh, Spike, and that anyway. Is the thing. Like, you, you would imagine that when, it, when we do return to normality, um, now at the same time, I still feel that when we do return to a version of normality, will there still be a phased element of, of social distancing um, in the sense that like, is cramming into some of our congested League of Ireland grounds the necessary uh, period, <laughs> it's a bit like everyone, you know, charging for a snog in a pub. Now that you're able to, 
now that now that, now that we're free to do stuff again, I'm not sure if that's necessarily going to be wise. I mean, what if they I, just I the, the League of Ireland lads just played FIFA, right? If they all if they played FIFA against each other instead, and the results stood as if it were a normal game. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, yeah. Well, hopefully they all have a good suitable levels of Wi-Fi, which isn't mm. the case in uh, every. I, I actually, if, if clubs could use this break to to get working Wi-Fi in every ground properly. Um, I'd I'd, uh, I'd thoroughly endorse uh, measures like that. Um, you know, imp- improvements that don't involve a lot of people working together to do it. But um, yeah, it is a point. I do think that when you return, I think I think you, you saw that some pubs that res- respected the um, you know that, that closed down before they were told to. A lot of people were saying, you know, we'll remember you when this when things return. And I think you will see like a, a general positivity and, and social media, yeah. which is so often toxic and still has been used to spread a lot of lies. But at the same time, there's probably more positivity on it now than, than ever before, really. And I think that when people, when, when football does resume, I think you will see people say, this our clubs are struggling, they need you, this is good. So I think you will see a spike um, initially, um, but obviously, you know, that, that can only be sustained for so long, but but maybe without not Spike without that played for Linfield. What was his name? He was, he was actually a cabbie in Dublin. Was he? Remember, remember Spike? They got all the goals for Linfield. Spike Ferguson was it? Oh, was that his nickname? Yeah. Yeah, he was a cabbie yeah. in Dublin. Yeah, the Glen Ferguson was it? Yeah, but like, yes, definitely. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that about his job. That's 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 top information. But um, yeah, I I think when we return, there probably will be hopefully a buzz and um. We might have a once-off return to like Christmas fixtures and stuff like that. I, 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 I don't miss winter football. I have to say, but I, I it'd be great like to have it back for a season. Stephen's Day fixtures back in the day. You know, if you did derbies like you do up north or whatever. Uh, imagine a Bowes Rovers game on um hmm. on on twenty sixth of December. You know, um, yeah, that that'd be pretty cool. Um, for. For a return, and we have plenty of time to to speculate over these things. Michelle Hillen was asking us to speak to some of the backroom staff at clubs to help them take over. Uh, that's an idea. Um, obviously, the backroom staff at the moment are probably, you know, they're 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 actually in probably in a tight spot because they're a lot of them are volunteers as well. So okay, maybe they have a day job that's their primary concern, but some, uh, you know, there's obviously a void in their lives probably that the the routine that that football might have brought to some of them. Um, maybe it's a break for them. I don't know the kitmen who are bringing home their gear on a mm. weekly basis, but um, it's probably worth considering. Um, Stephen Dunnigan, well, Stephen Dunnigan has asked us about considering the leagues and like, like, are we looking at a scenario where we'll have a summer season? We won't have a summer season. I think that's a very viable point. Um, yeah, son of Mick was asking us, uh, what are the options for a shorter season? Play other teams only twice this season, squish the June break if necessary. I think the June break is going to be gone. It's just a question of whether the June break actually returns. Um, playing teams twice, yeah, that's probably an, an option. But I think the, the problem with that, of course, is um, you'd have projected for two, you know, four derbies a season or two derbies a season, you know, at home. You cut that by half. Um, that's Clubs are still going to have a hole in their budget. So uh, the idea of needing some kind of loan or support, that doesn't go away. Uh, but that is one way for sporting reasons to get yourself a proper league winner. Um, and, and European places and, and whatnot, um, because you know the, the, when the European competitions start is going to be another debate. Like the Dock and Rovers and, and Derry and, and Bowes um, will have obviously budgeted for European money. I think UEFA seem determined that these competitions will take place, but will it be August rather than in July, or will it be a curtailed qualifying round? That's the type of stuff that might set alarm bells ring, and if would there be reduced opportunities? 
um, for that. Someone else was also asking, um, will the new third UEFA competition, the UEFA Europa Conference League, benefit or hurt the League of Ireland? Well, presuming it all goes ahead and takes place, as discussed, um, my understanding of that is that it's going to be good for the champions um, because it gives them more opportunities. But for the teams that are in the Europa League, they're just going to go into a different competition but with similar money at play. For the champions, it's great, that third competition, because it gives them a third parachute. Um, not so much for everyone else. No real no real difference. But uh, are there any other talking points? Any other foreign player stories that can spring to mind? Did you ever encounter Eric Levine and the boys back in, in Galway in the day, John? Uh, no, a lot of women did, though. He was uh, very popular <laughs> with the ladies in uh, Galway. <laughs> Um, in fairness, though, like joking aside, that was a really exciting time. You can imagine. I I just like start sport going. I you can imagine the yeah, very different Ireland. Even in even what was that twenty? What are we now? So about twenty two years ago, maybe I would have been yeah, yeah twenty two. So you had these like to have two and eventually three, even four. I think Barbados players playing on the in the west coast of Ireland under a new manager. It was it was a massive buzz at the time, and I. I think, you know, we've never had enough uh, exotic players like Babas Livingston, obviously, Joey and Doe, uh, very few players from Eastern Europe. I know Dundalk are dabbling now, but I, I don't know. Do you remember any Dundalk players from your early days? Well, they, 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 they signed a Dutch fella called Van Getru, Edwin Van Getru, I think, mm. um, in the in the mid-90s. And there was a lot of excitement over Dundalk signing a Dutch striker, but he, he wasn't that good. There was also a player called Cesar, Cesar Lopez. Um, but again, I'm not really sure if he was someone that was brought in for football or just happened to be living in Ireland at the time. I mean, you sort of forget where you were coming, the, the area you were coming from. Like when, mm. when, Shells, um, when Shells won the league last year, Mark Rutherford was there. And uh, I got chatting to Mark Rutherford and um, you know, he still has an emotional pull with Shells. Like, he's someone who... Who, who, a bit like Conan Byrne uh, today, has worn the jerseys of all the Dublin clubs, um, but just in a, in a professional capacity, because he, he ended up playing, I think, for all the Dublin clubs. But, um, I mean, you, you sort of remember that, like, Mark Rutherford came into the League of Ireland at a time when, um, you know, a black player was a, a massive novelty. Um, a black person in Ireland was even... A black person in Ireland walking down the street was a, was a, was a, was a massive novelty, you know? And... Um, you know, it's, 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 I mean, what you have now is we have a much more multicultural league. And then, um, uh, like, in fact, one of the problems, again, we, we just can't help but return to this, is obviously, Nala Reynolds touched on it there about letting players go home. And it's one thing for guys in England and Scotland, but I mean, Derry have um, you know, a guy from the Ivory Coast who's come to Ireland. They have, um, you know, uh, Tim Nielsen from Norway. And I mean, what do these guys do? I mean, you'd imagine they'd be pretty anxious to get home to friends and family. and I suspect we might find that some of them have gone home. I, I don't yeah. know what they're all at. We actually, of course, you mentioned, like, I mean, you talk about um, Mark Rutherford. Of course, we had Ray Keogh, uh, who was, uh, you know, was, was nicknamed sort of completely incorrect as Darky Keogh. Uh, Jesus, he yeah. was, he was like a, a pioneering figure in Irish mm. football for, you know, a, a, someone from a different race effectively mm. and I think I think I think Ray Kyo it goes back to the God I think it was the, the, the 60s I think um I'm not entirely sure someone will, will correct us but I think um I think Ray Kyo passed away in recent years if I'm not mistaken. So mm. um there was a, last year. There was a yeah, guy um so. 
I think probably my last visit to Buckley Park in Kilkenny, Galway United were playing Kilkenny, and if I'm not mistaken, it was the same day as the Grand National. Now, whenever that was, but um, Galway United were trialling this Russian guy, left back, called Vladimir Antanamov. So we were all like, this is pretty exotic. But he only played one game, um, the implication being that, like, I thought he did okay, but he, he, he wasn't great. But that was it. So he played one game anyway. But the story went that for months, nay, years later, he used to turn up at the ground and try to get in for free. And they'd be like, who are you? And he goes, I played, I played. And they're like, no, 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 we don't know. But he only played one game, but he thought he could get into Terryland for free for years. But uh, apparently the story is true. Privileges. Yeah, Vladimir Antanamov. We also had Marco Repetti, um, who was an Italian goalkeeper who played, I think he played in the Serie D or something like that. But uh, he looked mm. uh, he looked like he, he was an outfielder that played in goal. Um, but yeah. Yeah, we, even the Galway Knights, we did have some exotic ones. They were just attracted to the west of Ireland, I suppose. Yeah, well, I mean... Sligo Rovers have had quite a few as well. They have, uh, they have across the years, and then um, there's a there's a there's a there's a substantial contingent with, with with tales and stories to tell. I mean, I, I did I did remember doing the piece with Owen Doyle before Christmas, where he said that uh, Aaron Green was a teetotaler until he joined Sligo Rovers, uh, which probably says something about uh, the, the lifestyle enjoyed by some of the the Sligo lads in their in their houses and whatnot. I mean. Uh, there we go. I mean, probably a bit more, more convivial than going to meet people in car parks. But um, but there we go. There we go, son. I mean, I don't know what what more we can talk about now. Uh, beyond that, uh, we we hope we will be gathering to uh, discuss things soon. We hope we might be staring down the barrel of that camera again and wondering if you're going to get distracted by whatever picture comes up on screen and and take the show in a completely different direction. Mm. Um. You know, when we, we'll, tr- we'll strive to be back again. next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll, strive, we'll to strive to be back, but but we, we don't know what's going to happen really um, with anything, and uh, that's that's not really a a, a massively uh, encouraging prediction. But we we shall see. I think from the league's perspective, I do have a sense from uh, I might be repeating myself a small bit here that the they, they can't really have this situation where they're they're subject to like whatever whatever government dates they put out that no one's expecting March 29th no one there's dates in April that might be muted but no one's expecting that and I think probably what they need to do and there's a recognition what they need to do that you know that they need to almost start working towards a new date mm. a long-term date and I mean that date may not be the date but at least it's not as if we're waiting every week for a new well that one's gone that one's gone that's no way to live I think if you can give people a certainty that you're not going to play for two months, as 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 terrifying as that sounds to a degree, to some you know club owners and people who are looking at the income, at least you can start to make provisions for that. I'm sure they're doing that already. I mean, in fact, I'm, I, it'd be negligent if they weren't. And, and I'd imagine every club in the country is having these discussions. But I, I think you know to, to kill this thought, even in the mind, even maybe for players that might you know they might necessarily be following the news every day and they might harbour some hope that it might be April. I think if there was a, a, a sort of clarity, our new working date for return is June. That might at least allow people to put some structure in their lives in terms of, of building towards it. So we'll be we'll be like uh, remember when Krusty was being pursued by Sideshow Bob and he was live from the Springfield Badlands and he was trying to do his own like really crap show for uh, to keep the spring to keep Krusty the clown on the road. We were just like rehashing old rubbishy LOI weeklies for the next three months. Yeah, well, this is it. We can we can we can okay. live tweet some previous we can live tweet some previous LOI weeklies. You know, uh, 
Johnny Dunleavy has just suggested he'll put a butter in it. What does that yeah, mean? Yeah. You know, or whatever, whatever it might be. You know, I do find actually that you're probably watching a lot of shows and stuff that my sensitivities have become so, um, like, I, I, you know, I'm so aware of like distancing and all these rules now to the point, like, you know, you walk to the shop and all of a sudden you're like, people are getting a bit closer. You hear a mm. cough, you get a bit touchy, touchy. Like I was watching a show last Nothing night. about your wife and, though. What about the people in Little? Yeah. <laughs> but I was watching it. I was watching a show last night and there was like a crowd scene and I was like, Oh no! Like, mm. you know, like should have been to Cheltenham last week. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, I can imagine. But um, uh, anyway, sure. Yeah. I guess that's it. I guess it is. I'm not sure how we close the show, really. And it, it, this, this, uh, this obviously just makes us yearn for a time when you know simpler we, times. We, 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 we filled our, our days and shows with like uh, dealing with grievances to do with like uh, the the beauty of football fandom. People being offended by things you've said about a player, a club. You know, their the, the ground, you know, their manager, uh, all those wonderful, futile, pointless, brilliant, important arguments. You know, mm. like the, this is like, this, you, you sort of realize the extent to which like sport can be like the oxygen in a lot of people's lives. You know, that it puts a structure in your week. You know, the game on Friday, the plans you make to meet people you know, or, or whatever it might be, whatever sport you might be into, you might go and watch games with people in a pub or, you know, in our league, it's more going to watch the games with, with, with people and I'm sure for players and that structure and routine, it makes you, you, you just want to get back to getting, you, you, you want Cork fans being annoyed at what you've said about them or, or you know, some dog fans giving you grief for, 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 for tipping rovers or whatever it might be, all that stuff. But now, like, we don't even have stuff to get that annoyed about. It's just like, Ugh. Mm. You know, I think I'm we should end something. with. Uh, I think we should end with a text that Rory Higgins sent uh, on Monday, on Monday night, and it simply read, "No football is shite." Sums it up, John. Sums it up. But there-